Welcome to Age Gap Finance, a podcast where a millennial and a baby boomer talk money. My name is Nick. I'm 23. I'm a financial advisor with Rosado Wealth Management and one of the managing partners here. My name is Ed Rosado. I'm 57 years old and I'm a managing partner at Rosado Wealth as well. Today we're going to be talking about how to be prepared for tax season and, you know, some changes in the law and um, just various things everyone should know going into another tax season here. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people don't know that um, as a wealth management firm that uh, that we do taxes for clients, but it's always been a big emphasis um, on taxes, and this is a this is always a busy time of the year coming up for us, and we do a lot of preparation. And in fact, we have. Uh, a little under 2,000 tax clients between uh, both of our offices, so we've built up a pretty big tax practice, and uh, we always feel that uh, to set ourselves apart for, for many years that uh, to do taxes for clients is always important, we'll always continue to do them too as well. Right, yeah, a lot of the advisors that you do see out there don't uh, really... Uh, you know, explain to their clients how their investments are going to affect their taxes too much. I mean, there's been so many times when we're reviewing a tax return with a client and all of a sudden they see capital gains on their return and mm-hmm. they don't even know, you know, what's that from? And then we have to kind of do the work to to explain to them what their advisor should be explaining to them already that, listen, we're, we're going to have to sell something off uh, and, and now you're going to see a tax burden because of that. Yep. Yeah, and unfortunately, especially the new tax clients that come to us um, that are you know currently with another advisor, exactly they um, uh, sometimes we have to kind of be the bearer of bad news when the tax return's done and show them what they have to pay in tax because a lot of times when we explain it to them, it could have been stuff that was avoided, but st- stuff might have been sold off. Um, they might have sold a property the previous year and was 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 not warned maybe what the capital gains would be and all that stuff. So um, to us, the tax return is always the most important document when we meet with a client on a financial appointment. But especially during tax season, um, you know this becomes very important uh, to a lot of our clients. Right, and and as as we. Uh continue on in this podcast, uh, we will talk about the standard deduction, but one thing I, I would like to bring up is um, a, a, another good thing that other advisors won't tell you about the tax return that is kind of working in their favor is that they took off the advisor fees. Uh, you can't write those off anymore. Right. So, right. you know, that that used to be something that we would talk to um, clients about. Again, it was right on their schedule A. And, you know, 20000 in advisory fees that the client didn't even know they were paying, things like that. So um, I, I think for a long time the tax return was a document, maybe even an advisor was happy to not discuss with you because mm-hmm. a lot of the things they do show up on it and don't really favor you. So, uh, you know, that that's one of the reasons we think doing taxes is so important as a uh, advisory firm and a, and a wealth management firm. Is that yeah, in fact... Um going back to advisory fees just a little bit. I mean, yeah, the Tax Reform Act of, of for 2018 tax year, um, that's when they did away with uh, claiming, uh, again, those uh, advisory fees. But prior to that, many years prior to that, you know, people were, were uh, 
allow to deduct that if they were itemizing deductions. But a lot of times we would see clients that weren't deducting it at all and we would ask them. And again, I think it goes back to maybe the advisor not wanting them to know what they were paying and so forth, but they were able to write it off, but didn't write it off. Yeah. Yeah. Realistically adding their advisor fee in with, you know, some of their other deductible Mm -hmm. expenses. um, You know, if the advisor just reached out and said, Hey, by the way, you could write off my fees you know, and put throw an extra 10 grand on your return. You know, I I guarantee a lot of advisors didn't do that just Mm -hmm. for the sake of if you could actually see what you're paying your advisor in the past, then um, a, a lot of the times they wouldn't want to disclose that because it would be too high. Right, right. And talking about like uh, some segments of the tax return, like the standard deduction when, when tax reform came into play uh, last year, last tax season, uh, that's when a lot of changes were put in place. The standard deduction uh, doubled you know, for, for single filers and married couples too as well. This year it's going up for 2019 tax season. It's going up uh, to 12400 It's up $200 from last year. Uh, and then married couples is going up to 24800 It's up $400 um, from last year. So what that means is that it, it's become, last year is when it really started, last tax season, has become very, very hard for people to itemize. Right. And um, we see more and more clients now going forward that um, it's going to be almost impossible for a lot of them to itemize, especially if they're in retirement already. But a lot of things that fall into that itemized deduction would be uh, medical dental expenses, which they don't give you dollar for dollar. You know, they take the first seven and a half percent of your adjusted gross income so you can write the difference off. Uh, real estate taxes, general sales tax, contributions, uh, all that stuff, yeah, and all of that, yeah, all of that has to total. For example, for a married couple, over twenty four thousand eight to even itemize one dollar of that. So, um, I mean, we we have clients that come in. In fact, one just came in, and uh, you know, oh, uh, I, I I've organized all my charitable contributions for the year, and. Um, you know, people who maybe, you know, donate a lot and have been writing things off for years and years, you know, 90% of the time we can eliminate them Mm -hmm. by just telling them, well, do you think this even adds up close to 24,000? And, you know, most of the time they say, oh no, it's like 10. And then we're like, okay, well don't even bother, you know, spending hours and hours getting all your receipts Mm -hmm. together. Um, I mean, it's good and bad. Because, uh, you know, I know you mentioned the, the, the medical expenses, that that did change. And, you know, some people are unhappy. But in the end, the only reason you can't itemize is because they increased the standard deduction by so much. Right. So instead right. of getting, you know, 12000 or um, or anything like that, you know, now you're getting double. And by doubling the standard deduction was also... Uh a big advantage for a lot of clients actually that were never able to itemize before. So, you know, a married couple would get, you know, 12,000. Now they're getting 24,008. And uh, so it, it helps a lot of, it definitely helps a lot of clients that were never able to itemize before. 
and those that were itemizing before if they can't get to that number you know it's yeah it's i i would say it ends up where they still are being helped it's just not as as much of a dramatic difference as it was Mm -hmm. um for the the standard couple that never itemized right right one other thing before we get into all the taxes um i know on this podcast we always do a market update so uh, I, I jotted down the information on the Dow, NASDAQ, and S&P um, year-to-date. It is January 27th. NASDAQ is just under 4%. That's up 3.82. S&P is 2%, and the Dow is 1.58. Um, I think the year started off pretty hot, um, you know, and unfortunately today, uh, you know, like I said, the 27th, it, it seems to be um, affected by a lot of the stuff that's going on in the market, you know, the coronavirus that everyone is, is well, not only, yeah, of, not only but, the market, but the world news is affecting, uh, is affecting the market too, as well, which happens, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, up until, uh, uh, up until today in the January has been very, very strong. Right. I mean, if it, you know, uh, 4% almost the NASDAQ in a month, if, if it kept that up, we'd be, you know, right around last year, even mm-hmm. better. But, you know, kind of the same trend as last year. The year started off strong, and um, we're, we're just hoping it and it stays that way. Um, again, we say this almost in every podcast that we've recorded that there's always going to be the noise and, you know, things going on in the market and, you know, negative talk. But you kind of have to put all that behind you and, and realize what the market is doing. And, you know, last year the market did great. Meanwhile, if you sat and watched the news and didn't see any of the numbers, you would have thought there was a big crash last year or something. Right, right. And uh, there's definitely a lot going on, not only worldwide, but also domestically here with uh, you know, the impeachment hearings and, right. and everything that else is going on. So like you said, Nick, there's always going to be news. There's always going to be something that's, that's going to throw people off, but you just got to keep the course and just uh, look at... Look at uh, how high each of the major indexes were or ended up last year. And, uh, and you know, there's a lot of still positive things out there for the, for the market future. I oh, mean. definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that, that was our, our market update. Um, you know, uh, of course, being a financial firm, we'd like to, um, you know, include that in every podcast, but um, like I had mentioned before, we are doing, uh, a, an episode on tax season. It is coming up. You know, holidays are all over. New Year, twenty twenty. Um, you know, we're we're excited for tax season. It's a it's a very busy time for us. But um, you know, we see a lot of people, a lot of clients, and um, you know, it, it's it's a really important time of the year. There's you know refunds or, or maybe um, a, a lot of changes that that have been occurring. So. Um, it's always important to to stay on top of it, and that's gonna uh, we're, we're gonna try to cover some of the main differences today and and uh, how to be really prepared for tax season. Yeah, the good thing is that for this tax season, for the 2019 tax season, um, it's I'm gonna say it's not as much as a shock right for people this year as it was last year because tax reform last year really threw a lot of people off. You know, people came in and that would normally get refunds that now had to pay. And um, if they didn't adjust their withholding with the way the tax rates changed and all that, they were caught, um, you know, maybe owing or not getting as big a refund and so forth. So I think 
now that that's over with, a lot of people are prepared because when we met a lot of clients last year with tax reform, we we prep them for the for yeah, what's coming yeah. up there. So a lot of people made adjustments in their withholding and made adjustments right. and things like that. I so. mean, people coming in last year were, were scared because, you know, it was first time in a bit that taxes have changed that much. And, yeah. you know, they had no idea what to expect. Am I even going to get a refund this year? Am I going to get less of a refund? You know, am I going to get more maybe? Right. Um, th- they really had no idea what to expect. So Yeah, it was kind of uh, funny because a lot of people that came in even if they got the smallest refund, they were happy, right? Because they had yeah. no no idea what to expect uh, last year. So that's why um, you know taxes really play a big role in what we do because we help clients not just during tax season but all year long. Right. Um, when we handle their investments or if they sell properties and things like that, we like to prep them all year so our clients can call us all the time during the year and get their questions answered if they're going to sell maybe something we're going to sell some things in their brokerage account or it could be that uh, they've got a rental property or sell their primary home or whatever it might be or or inherit money so they we like to we can help them along the way with all that right yeah and um so obviously uh first first step in doing your taxes and is making sure you have all your documents you know all your w-2s your dividend forms um, you know, if, if you have your own business, make sure you have all your expenses lined up and, um, you know, it, health insurance this year, that, that, that is a change that, um, you're not, no longer penalized, um, if you did not have a full year of health insurance, which, so, is, a, which is a great thing because, right. uh, that, uh, was a sore topic with a lot of clients yes. this past couple of years, not yeah. just last year. Yeah, but uh, you know, anywhere that you've received income from, uh, really make sure you have uh, any information on that, and and especially brokerage accounts. I know um, one thing that I noticed last year was that um, a lot of the big companies actually they sent out their dividend forms and their their brokerage um, tax forms, and then they actually issued a. Uh, revised version of all that and Mm -hmm. that that actually led to a lot of people um you know having to do their taxes twice or amend their return um and that doesn't that doesn't seem to go away nick because they 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 come in they have all of their stuff in place we do their taxes we e-file them and then it could be a week or two later they get a corrected 1099 or or a brokerage uh, statement a dividend statement or whatever it is a corrected 1099 r um so that's things that are really beyond anybody's control. We can't control it. Our preparers can't control it. The client can't control right. it. It's just going to happen. And the other thing, too, is that um, is, is always kind of a, a pain for a lot of clients is if they're getting K-1s. Oh, K-1s. Yeah, that's yeah. always a mess. Yeah, we, we've had plenty of people bring that in really late into tax season. I mean, yeah, I mean, sometimes it can be in, in April. April. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They could come in with them. And again, um, if, if clients, if you get k1s and you know you're getting k1s um uh from either you might have investments in limited partnerships and things like that 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 issue k1s you're typically if you still own those positions you're typically going to know that you're going to get k1s so our clients we've kind of trained them because they know that when they get there they know that they're expecting those k1s Mm -hmm. so a lot of times they won't even make their appointment until they get their k1 or, or make their appointment 
now for maybe the end of March or beginning right. of April because they're waiting for their K-1s. And, and I think one thing that we've done that has really helped our clients is um, we, we have that checklist, or even if, if they don't have the checklist, we kind of have our own personal checklist where we know what they had last year. Yep. And if um, you know an IRA paid out last year, <clears throat> we can kind of compare it and say, okay, you, you brought in all your tax forms, but you're missing this IRA distribution. Right. Did you have another distribution? Is that your RMD? Right. What is that? And, and then a lot of the time, um, we kind of catch them before they've filed their taxes and now have to amend the return and, and yeah. work with the IRS on that. So so that's um, helpful not only uh, for our preparers, but also definitely for the client because they can, our preparers can see, again, what they had last year and why, if it's missing this year, why, exactly you know, what they did with it. And so uh, another question that, you know, is really important to think about is who exactly is doing your taxes? You know, a lot of people try to do them themselves, say through TurboTax, things like that. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they claim it's free and all that. You know, is the CPA doing it? A lot of times uh, people will just, their first thought of who's the best person I can have do my taxes? Oh, it's a CPA, which honestly is not generally our experience, um, you know. Uh, who who we have on staff here are IRS enrolled agents, uh, as you know, and you know that's that's the highest credit that the IRS actually gives in doing taxes. So we we prefer the IRS enrolled agents to do our clients' taxes because they have to go through rigorous testing to to kind of prove themselves that they really do know their stuff. Well, they're certified in just that taxation. So the 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 designation of being an IRS enrolled agent, they have to go through a three part test on personal taxes, corporate taxes, uh, trust returns, and so forth. So because we're not an accounting firm, we don't need CPAs on staff. And because we give tax advice and do tax preparation and help people with all areas of taxation, IRS enrolled agents, you know, they fit best in our firm and, and have worked well for us over the years and and it's it's worked out well for a lot of our clients too right and i would i would say regardless of of how or who's going to do your taxes you know obviously make sure they're they're a trusted and qualified person you know i hear sometimes friends do the taxes of other people and you know the only time that they ever think about taxes is tax season the, the the preparer that they're trusting in you know, they're not studying up on it all year, and, and there's mm-hmm. no way you could learn all the tax changes and, and be a truly qualified tax preparer if you're only looking at it during tax season. So. Right, and I can remember years ago when I got into the financial services industry, because I wanted to learn more about taxes, not necessarily be a tax preparer, I went and took a, you know, um, a 14-week course, or 12-week course, rather, with one of the major firms out there, one of the major franchises that uh, I'm sure a lot of you know who they are. Um, and just to learn about, uh, you know, the tax return itself. And it, and it really helped me. And I've been, you know, doing it now for over 20 years. But when I first took that course, I remember going in there and seeing retired people going in there, you know, yeah. just, just for something to do during tax season, college students and so forth to make extra money. And I looked around the room and I'm like, are these people really going to prepare taxes? And uh, and we see it in our business when people come in to get their taxes done. Um, 
not only do we have uh, a lot of qualified enrolled agents that do their taxes, but a lot of times our, our enrolled agents will pick up on a lot of mistakes that were done in people's returns, and people are very thankful for that. And a lot of times we can do amended returns and get people back refunds from previous years. But um, going, just talking a little bit, Nick touched a little bit about, you know, you talked about, you know, these online, uh, doing your taxes online and so forth. And there's so many of them out there now besides TurboTax and things like that. But a lot of times when people do their tax returns online and then they'll come to us maybe the next year or maybe they have been doing them online for a while, they actually cheat themselves out of a lot of things that they they missed right because the online programs are are set up to really do a lot of basic returns and if you have anything anything out of the ordinary yeah, that's going to come credits, up you may like miss that. a credit or you may miss certain things that uh, could be uh could have been of an advantage to you right yeah and and that's why you know if you're educated on taxes and you know Sometimes a route like that is okay to take, um, but but for the most part, if you have a any sort of complicated return or you have no experience in taxes, you really should be going to an expert for it, because um, you don't want to be on the IRS's bad side. And some other things that that uh, are important to to kind of mention is, you know, in in 2019, did you do anything that uh, is going to impact your return in a complicated way? Is it you know, did you sell a house? Did you get an inheritance? You know, things like that that you need to kind of know how to handle. And, and having an expert that can kind of guide you along on that is, is very helpful, we've seen um, from our clients at least. Or do they gift money? Do they gift property? Yeah, do they do anything like that? that? So, um... and, and another one actually that we've been seeing is um, any foreign, you know, foreign bank accounts and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just any foreign transactions, that, that, that is tough stuff. And um, you do have to report most of that on your, uh, you know, federal tax return. And, you know, I, I can't stress enough, if, if you have a return that's complicated, you know, have an expert do it. Yeah, definitely. Because um, not only to keep in check with the IRS, but also, you know, you could be, again, could be missing out on certain things that, that could have helped you in uh, you know maybe decreasing the tax you owe or increasing the refund that you that you could get. Um, the other thing too is um, I would just want to talk a little bit about contributions to to retirement plans mm-hmm. and uh, what some of the changes that came into play this year. Nothing really really major um, with four hundred one k plans. Um, you can now um, contribute up to nineteen thousand five hundred um, if you're fifty or older. You could that bumps up to an additional sixty five hundred dollars for the year that you could actually put into a four hundred one k, and f- as far as IRAs, uh, traditional IRAs, uh, your contribution could be s- up to six thousand dollars if you have at least that much in earned income, and then if you're fifty or older, the catch up is still a thousand. So if you're fifty or older, you could put seven thousand dollars into an IRA. And one of the things that a lot of people don't know, too, is that you have right up until April 15th to make that contribution for last year. So a lot of times our clients will sit down if they have IRAs, if we handle their IRAs, too, um, we'll tell them to, uh, 
you know, the preparer might sit in front of them and say, hell, okay, this is probably what you're, you know, looks like what you're going to owe here. Um, but if you make an IRA contribution, which you can for last year, you can reduce your taxes down or it might even trigger a refund in right. some cases. So again, it goes back to, I know we've been kind of been preaching this a little bit now is that when we handle clients' investments and do their taxes, it goes hand in hand and it, it the winner is the client. Right. That's who exactly. wins. Yeah. And um, one, one other kind of big change on traditional IRAs is um, when it comes time to take your RMDs, the Secure Act, they they have uh, adjusted the age where, you know, for for years it was that you um, the, the year you turn seventy and a half you have to take an RMD distribution, uh, required minimum distribution, and you know of course now they've changed that to age seventy two. So if you're in your sixties and and you knew that RMDs were coming up, you know it, it, now you have a little bit more of a cushion. You don't have to. You're not forced to take it out until age seventy two. Um, it does get a little bit tricky on uh, if you are turning 70 and a half this year, but for, for most people, it is pretty um, cut and dry that uh, as long as you're not already taking RMDs and as long as you are, are under age 70 and a half, then it, it'll now be age 72 when you're taking your RMDs. So. Yeah, the, the, the law applies to people who turn 70 and a half after... December 31st, 2019. Right. Yeah. And and just to touch a little bit on the required minimum distributions, because we have uh, quite a few clients that are have attained that age or older, and then they, uh, they're they fortunate enough that when they start taking those required minimum distributions, um, a lot of people get to the point in retirement where they don't need them or they don't need all of them. And what uh, a good thing to keep in mind is that if you're taking required minimum distributions and you don't need all of it or you don't need any of it, you can actually donate your required minimum distribution to a charity. And we've helped clients do that where we get the IRA, whoever holds their IRA, we have them send it directly to the charity. Right. And uh, so it, it doesn't go on their tax return. Exactly, yeah, that's what I was going to get. Now, they don't get the deduction on their, of course, on their Schedule A, but they don't have to put it on their tax return as income either. Because, And the key thing on that, uh, Nick, too, is that they have to, it has to be sent directly from the IRA company to the charity. Yeah, it can't, it can't touch, touch anybody. Hands, yeah. yeah, it can't go to the client first. So that's something that we've assisted clients with. And we see more and more clients doing it. And it could be just a portion of your IRA yeah. too, it doesn't have to be all of it, or your distribution. Yeah, and um, you know th- that that's something that um, you know we we've seen a lot of clients be able to to donate where maybe they um, they don't need that money and uh, it was just extra anyway, and it just builds up in an account, and mm-hmm. you know it, it's a way to maybe reduce what you would pay in taxes. Um, in the end, it, it, it's going to a good cause, and, yeah. and a lot of people really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. You know the the other things to consider. Um, make sure your preparer knows. You know if you have a you know a, your own business or a corporation. You know make sure you have someone that's qualified in that. I know with IRS enrolled agents, that's actually one of the one of the tests they have to take is for corporation yep. tax returns. All so. different types of corporations. So, um, and then if you are not a corporation, you're 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 self employed. You may be filing. Uh, a Schedule C on your personal tax return, which th- that is where you can deduct 
all your business expenses against your uh, um, against your business income. So some people start off where they just file a Schedule C on their personal return until they get till that business maybe grows, and then mm-hmm. that's where we kind of watch and say it might be advantageous for them to to start filing as a corporation exactly. and so forth. So and that again a key thing when you're when you're working with a preparer to know that and to recommend that when it's time to do that. Right, and and other things that we see too are um, a lot of our tax clients are snowbirds and obviously in the state of Florida there's no tax return um, or, or there's no state tax so you don't have to worry about that but you know if you live in you know Michigan or something like that where there is a state tax uh, you know you, you got to make sure you're doing your state tax if, if you have a residency up there and, and your your primary residence is up there you know, you may have to file a state tax return, and um, of course, our preparers do that as well. But yeah, there's even um, some states that we see not too often, but even some people have like a a return to file for their city or municipality right, too, which yeah. is crazy. But you know, we we include um, uh, the state returns, the fee that we charge our clients for state returns and federal returns is all lumped into one. We don't charge clients more to do that, but it's always good to have the same preparer do both the federal and the state return. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and just touching on, uh, on our fee too, the only thing typically that, that we charge more for, um, uh, unless it's an outlying, you know, scenario, uh, is rental properties. The first one's always included, of course. Um, but any more than two, you have to pay an additional 35 for, per property, which still, I mean, if you go to uh, you know a big firm, you're, that's going to be way, way more. Right. So e- even uh, with our fee that um, is ninety nine dollars for most people that we see, you know, it's only an additional thirty five dollars if you have two or more rental properties. And and other than that, you know, state returns, uh, anything is is essentially ninety nine. Um, yeah, we we don't like to, um, and we've never done it. We never will kind of have a come on rate where people get in here and then, and some firms do this and some of the chains do it too, where you go in and they, they tell you a certain price and then every additional page and schedule is more. So that 50 or $75 price turns out to be 375 or $425 where we won't do that to clients. We tell them right up front, $99 for your federal return, includes your state return, all schedules and so forth. Again, what Nick said, the only thing that would be additional is if you have more than one rental property. But uh, I, I do know that uh, a lot of those online, you know, do-it-yourself type places, those are pretty notorious for saying they're free, and then you know you add a form on there or yeah uh, anything outside of maybe uh, I know very a lot of them, very it, basic. It's, it's got to like be a one W two yeah, and you know second one now you have right. to pay twenty bucks. It's got to be a very simple basic return, um, almost like. Uh, I don't even know if they have them around anymore, but years ago we used to file the 1040 easy, mm-hmm. which was uh, for people that were just, you know, you know, if you had just a, like Nick was saying, just a W-2 and very nothing else. So you got to be careful though, because it comes on where you, you know, they, they promote it where you're paying nothing for it. But then when you start adding all this other stuff and you're going to start paying for right. it. So. And I've even seen, you know, speed of your refund you know they'll they'll expedite it and, and stuff for free or, or uh for an additional cost and, and yeah 
you know, right when you're at the checkout, it it kind of plays brain games with you where you feel like you need to pay to get things quicker and, and all that. So, you know, it, it could be a good fit for and, some, and, but and, for most it's not. And I'm not sure of how it is out there right now, but for years the so-called rapid refund and things like that where people right. walk in and they walk out with their refund, but they pay a, a very large fee to have that that's deducted from their refund. Exactly, so yeah. the firm makes those, those firms make a lot of money just on the, the rapid refund or, or uh, immediate refund. Right. And, and one thing talking about, I know you mentioned the, uh, 1040 easy. I know that this year, um, something that, looks new looks a little scary because it is new but it doesn't really affect too much is they have the senior returns now yes the 1040 sr i believe and i've actually already already seen a person have it and to me i don't think it's very necessary i mean the the form last year was so simplified it was on one page i don't see the benefit of having the senior form but um i I know I, i guess uh, it, it's catered towards seniors. What who, differences did you did you notice any? Maybe? Honestly, it I know at least on our system it was it was on two pages now. So I I I know the whole thing was having it all in one. So I don't really understand the benefit. Huh. It did have more uh, more kind of categories broken up instead of everything lumped together for things that seniors normally have. So for example, uh, like IRA distributions. I know they have their own line, but you know a lot of seniors have IRA distributions so they made sure that was on clearly defined huh. in its own line and okay you know maybe pensions annuities how that's all lumped together right. uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure but maybe they broke it up a little bit things like that where it things that seniors see all the time right that's a little bit more defined but I don't think uh, there had I think to, if anything it's more confusing well definitely without a doubt the 2018 tax reform that the way that tax the way the tax form changed, I'll admit that you know we deliver hundreds and hundreds of returns to clients, and uh, it was definitely different for us, and a, and a, sometimes even a challenge because we went from seventy lines on a return down to you know what twenty twenty something lines. Right. So they lumped everything on on certain lines where again it used to be additional lines and pages and schedules and so forth. So. Right, and, it would, and I'm sure it was probably some focus groups and some maybe AARP that got together and said <laughs> yeah. that that our uh, that our seniors wanted to be more understandable, which is well, which is and okay. and so one thing I'm looking at the form now, um, line nine is standard deduction, and now they have a whole section at the bottom that that says if your filing status is single and the number of boxes checked is one, then your standard deduction is thirteen thousand eight fifty. And then it says married filing jointly. If you have one, two, three, or four, it's all different numbers. So there's a whole section on the bottom that says what your standard deduction would be, um, depending on if you're single, married, head of household. So basically what you're saying is that the 1040 SR is just added explanations. I guess, which a lot of seniors That's all it did, because basically things don't, because we would be able to explain it to the client why their standard deduction is why it is, but it had to have been something... Yeah, they went to Congress with it and they got it passed. Yeah, and, the IRS did it. You know, you know, and, I guess maybe from people who see tax returns all the time, maybe we think it's not necessary. But for for someone who who does not see so many tax returns, maybe it is helpful. But uh, I don't see a, a real benefit from it. Yeah, 
anything else uh, that we haven't covered uh, as far as you know being prepared for tax season or anything? Um, the one thing that that I would mention is that um, you know what are you going to do with your refund this year? Um, there's a lot of ways to put it in good use. Of course, um, typically, on, depending on your situation, we would always encourage, if you don't need it, to put it in some sort of investment account um, and watch it build. But um, a lot of people that we see who do get a big refund, um, they withhold a lot on purpose because they don't see it throughout the year. And, oh, now it's my tax returns a savings account for me. Well, they look and, at it as, as a forced savings for themselves. And people will... Those people that have done that for years will continue to do it, and they'll never change. Yeah. We always, we always kind of say, "Hey, you can get more during the year by not having as much withholding." And they like, well, we kind of like getting that five thousand right. dollars back every year as a forced savings. And and you know, some of the people that um, where, where it gets dangerous with that is some people, you know, they're oh, every year I take my vacation with my tax refund, yeah. and now all of a sudden tax laws change a little bit. Now they like. For example, last year, automatically people had less withholding. Right. Um, so they were expecting their normal five grand refund, say, mm-hmm. and that was only two grand, um, which of course they saw throughout the year, but they just didn't didn't make uh, the connection there. And you know now they only get two thousand dollar refund, but they booked a five thousand dollar vacation, <laughs> and now they've yeah. spent more just right. uh, you know off that. So of course you got to be careful with it. Don't count on your tax return i would say for for anything um you never know what it's going to be you know maybe a tax law passes in 2020 that is going to change your 2020 refund Mm -hmm. so i would never count on it um but you know if you do end up getting a refund and um you've already taken care of your investments you know there's nothing wrong with um you know, buying new appliances, say with it, or right. um, you know, treating yourself a bit. I mean, it is vacation, whatever it might it. be. Yeah, why not? Yeah, and uh, Ed, I don't know if you want to um, kind of just tell the people about our tax special. Um, I, I know we had touched on it, uh, but um, a lot of people, you know, they say ninety nine is that just to get me in the door, and it's going to yeah. be three hundred dollars. You know how how we kind of do taxes here, yep. and, and what the benefits are. And so our um, our our standard tax rate for anybody sixty or older, if you are um, an educator, active or retired military, active retired military, uh, firefighters, firefighters, police officers, first responders. Yeah. Um, we extend that out to them as yeah, well. Yeah, and, and even Any government age. employees too. Government um, employees. Yeah. So we extend it out not only to anybody age 60 or plus, but all those other categories. Yeah, a way to give back. I mean, we obviously appreciate first responders and um, and, and you guys, you know, kind of putting your life on the line a lot of the time. So we, we want to pay our respects there and only 99 for for your tax return. And, right. Um, of course, our financial clients do get it for 69 um, as a thank you for doing business with us as well. Yep. Yeah, we uh, we give them just kind of an added bonus there where we keep it at 69 if you're an existing financial client of ours. And the other thing, too, is that if anybody doesn't fit into that category at all, you know, the rate is uh, 169 which is in comparison to what you would pay to get your taxes fully complete at a CPA firm or one of the major chains and so forth, you're going to save several hundreds of dollars um, 
over that. And in addition to that, we also do corporate returns too for S Corp, C Corps, and so forth. And we only charge $250 for corporations. Right, which so, could easily be a grand or more. Easily, easily. So, um, and you're getting it done by professionals that are, again, enrolled agents, qualified, and nothing but taxation. So um, there's a big advantage there. Yeah, and, and then plus, uh, a lot of times during tax season, uh, especially if you're a new client, um, Ed and I see a lot of people and, and we can kind of give our recommendations from that. Uh, if we see any red flags on your tax return that maybe your advisor isn't talking to you about, you know, are there places where you're being taxed where uh, you it's on money you're not even using, things like that. We, right. We've, you know, become tax reduction experts in, in a lot of those areas. And, yeah. I mean, we um, find a, a lot of... Uh... A lot of new clients that come in, a lot of them are, are paying tax on money they're not using. One of the hot buttons with a lot of clients that are collecting Social Security is their taxation on Social Security, which they, a lot of people have never been explained how uh, taxation on Social Security works and have never been really told of how it can be reduced at all. Right. And, and sometimes, you know, there's nothing you could do about it, but a lot of the times um, there, there can be something done about it. And, and we um, educate our clients on, on the process of how to do that. And a lot of times we can assist them with it. So, you know, you're, you're kind of getting a lot all in one uh, by coming here for your taxes. So, you know, you're, you're getting expertise, you're getting um, a lot of advice and, uh, it, it makes, uh, it's a good move and, and a lot of clients have thanked us oh, yeah. over the years. We've helped so many clients over the years and a lot of them help, help them to save thousands of, literally thousands of dollars in taxes each year. You know. Consider us for our taxes. You can give our main office a call and set up an appointment. Um, if you're an existing client, uh, obviously you can come in and drop off your taxes as well. Um, but we would like to uh, thank you for listening to our podcast. Um, we hope it was educational for you. And, um, of course, if there's any topics that, that you want us to talk about or anything we missed today that, that you want us to explain, um, you could send an email to uh, my email. It's nick at rosatowealth.com, N-I-C at Rosato Wealth. And, um, you know, we'd love to hear some input and some questions. Uh, and, and, again, if there are topics out there that, that you want us to dive a little bit more into, uh, you know, we're open to a lot of suggestions. We appreciate everybody listening and we hope you have a great week. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered through True Investments Capital, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.